So it is mid-July, maybe almost August. Anyways, I am in the process of figuring out myself because a lot of the time I find that I am just a hissy fit kind of a mom. Like that's pretty much it. It's like uh, everybody else in different houses will probably come away from their home life, you know, with different skills of like, you know, making things beautiful and, and being able to know how to do different traditions and things like that. I'm pretty sure uh, the future of my generation will know how to have a really good hissy fit, right? Because I, like, that's just how I go from day to day. It's like, I do my stuff, like, day stuff, and then you can count on it that, like, every other day will be a hissy fit kind of a day for me. And I'm just still learning how to process that. It's like, I never really grew out of it, it seems. Like, I'm just constantly in the midst of being so disappointed with <laughs> so many aspects of my life that are just perpetual, right? Like, for example, I have a person in my life that I always, for some reason, get into the trap of thinking, oh, they're really mature and they're old enough to ask the questions that they ask. And then suddenly, when they ask them, it's like they were just not... They were just like, it's as if they were just actually curious and they didn't actually want to know the real answer because they weren't really ready for it, right? And to the point where I feel verbally and like energetically assaulted every time that I even try to have that kind of a conversation with them. And then I just have to learn, I'm like, there's something to be said about immaturity. Like when I'm with people that are so immature that that's their go-to is like oh someone gives me an answer about something and i'm going to take it personal and think that it's all their fault that that's the answer and it's just like okay all right like that's my existence right now it's like i have people in my life that i choose to serve and want to help and then midway in trying to get there and having like a really fun saturday which is my favorite day of the week then it's like partway through in talking about the plans of the day, it's like they're so immature they cannot handle what the actual plans of the day are, right? And like they're just not there yet to know how to have acceptance with what is and, and to have some level of hope and optimism about making, making lemonade out of lemons, right? And I understand that. It's like, I remember when I first heard about that term, make lemonade when you have lemons. And I think I first, when I first heard about it, I was like, that's kind of interesting. It was like a big ha ha moment. It was like the first time I'd ever heard of that idea. Because literally I did grow up with this kind of underlying feeling like, oh yeah, the life that we live is like such a waste. You know, like every person's human existence is a waste, right? Like, and, and like nobody knows how to make a good life happen, right? We're all just here making bad lives happen and just like super pessimistic, right? And then when I heard of that quote, it's like, when you have lemons, make lemonade. It was like one of the first times I had ever conceived, like, wait a minute. So if you get a circumstance that isn't ideal, you can basically take it and then you can somehow have the power to turn it around into something new and improved and transform that experience from your own choices and your own attitude and your own like, like we have power to do that. Like it just like rocked my whole world of like consideration of like, 
what was possible. And it was funny because it was really just in a, on like an ad, like a billboard or something. Like somebody had taken that phrase and used it as part of their, their business slogan, whatever. Right. And so then I was like looking at that and I think about it every time that we pass by it in the vehicle. I was like, oh, there's that quote again. Um, but like, but honestly, it's kind of funny how it's kind of passed on to me throughout my life. Um, now to the point where it's like, no, I get it. It's like, I'm still working. You know, I'm kind of a social worker. I always wished I could be a social worker. I wished I could be one of those queen-like ladies that, that get together with all the other social workers in the community and they like collaborate and, and pull, like, you know, make bids for all of their ideas for all of the families that they take care of. And they're like, oh, we should do this activity because this family needs this and da da da. And then they would make it happen. And then they talk to all the teenagers in the, in the, you know, in the city that were, you know, signed up to be ready to serve in that capacity. And they're like, hey, this is what we want to do. And so I want you to be here at this time, at this date, for these hours, so you can make it happen, right? And I was one of those teenagers, and I was like, oh, yeah, totally. You, you tell me what to do, I'll go do it, and I'll be happy to, and that's just my job, right? And so that's what that was my existence for a little while. So I always thought, man, when I grow up, I want to be a social worker. Little did I know, social working or, like, you know, mothering, homemaking, all of that kind of stuff, man... <laughs> It's one of those, it's true adulting. Because when you're a teenager and you get to just choose, you'd be like, oh yeah, I want to be there on Monday for two hours. Or I want to be there on Tuesday for two hours. You get to choose your hours, basically. But when you're like committed to your mission, it's like it's like 24-7, right? It kind of doesn't end. Which was such a relief, thankfully, that I took a break for like three days last week to just kind of gain perspective again from this 24-7 gig and be like, hey, this is what my life used to be, right? Before I signed up for that. Um, and, you know, like many hours of boredom, many hours of just getting to sleep and eat and just like do that, right? And so it's just been so fascinating for me to get the contrast of both worlds. That world and then coming back and finding that deep, deep resolve to be like, no, this is like owning it. And be like, this is what I get to do, right? This is the only time in my whole life that I'm going to get to do this. I only have like 18 more years of this left, maybe, you know, maybe even just like six more years of this left for some people, maybe even five. So I only have five to 18 years of this left, right? Of this season of my life where I serve, 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 and there's little return, like little to minus return, right? Because it, that is just the lifestyle. It's like you, when I choose a path like this, I recognize automatically that I'm choosing the, the harder life, right? I am, I'm choosing the harder life because I understand what I'm doing though. It's like I, I see the vision of how, how much of a benefit doing this kind of life can mean for later, right? It's kind of like a garden. Like I used to just, you know, till the ground and put in the seeds, water it and away we go, right? But now I'm way more thorough. And I'm like, oh, every time I wanna plant something, I'm gonna dig a big trench so I can make the most out of that square footage, not just on the top, but way down to however deep I can go. So then I layer it in with compost and, you know, like whatever else it like could get broken up 
while that plant is growing on the top, right? So that all of the bottom of that, that piece of land is also being used and being like productive. And that's kind of how I feel about the life that I live today. It's like, yes, on the outside, it could look like, well, why are you digging that big hole? Why are you putting in all that effort? Why are you putting in all that extra steps of the compost and everything, right? I could just live the simple life of being like, oh, I want to go and help people for two hours on a Monday. And I want to go and help people on a Saturday and then live the rest of my life like totally my own, right? But because I've chosen this life where it's like, no, like I believe in this, right? Like I believe in being more thorough than that with the time that I have on this earth. You know, like in the last 12 years, I'm so glad that I've chosen to have five kids amongst that time, right? It, like, it's like, you know, other people choose their life. They might go travel, they might go and use their money and, and resources and their time and energy and, and their, their passion and vision into other things, right? And for me, a lot of those 12 years have meant like being pregnant or nursing, being pregnant or nursing, being pregnant or nursing, right? And at the same time, like, yes, it can seem like, well, what are you doing? Like, why would you even do that to yourself, right? Like, wouldn't that seem like a waste of time to waste so much of your time in service and, and feel like at the end of the 12 years, you're still not even in a place where you feel like, you know, it's, there's any kind of payoff, right? And, but that's the deal. It's not really for a payoff. Like when I really look at it straight on, it's not for a payoff for me. It's kind of like that, that quote that I've been really paying attention to lately. Your talents are not for you, right? Like your talents are for others. Someone else needs you to develop your talents so that they can be the beneficiary of that talent. Mom. And I understand that. What? You've been nursing for 12 years. Right. Um, and so it's like, it's like, I get it, right? Like I get and I understand that, yes, there's time to serve. And yes, there's time that I could do better at being, you know, just being mindful of, of serving myself in the same way that I understand how to serve others, right? And at the same time, it's like, I cannot live with any regrets in this realm because it is just an absolutely beautiful work. No other time in the season of my lives will I get this same opportunity in this same way. In the same way that this is my first time having kids and my first time getting to really day in and day out serve them, right? You know, I have hopes and dreams to be a grandparent one day and even in the next life after, you know, I've like I've moved on from my body, I kind of have this belief system where it's like, hey, I kind of feel like I'm going to get to have more kids there. You know, I, I feel like I get to have the amount of kids I have here and then later I'll get to have more kids too. Like I don't think that this is the only time I'll ever have kids, but this is the only time I'll get to have kids for the first time, right? This is the first time experience. So it's almost like I need to give myself the grace of a first time parent of like a beginner doing things. Like this whole earth experience is like a total like simulation of what am I gonna do when I really don't know anything? And like how am I gonna find the humility and strength from leaning on Jesus, leaning on my savior who knows things and, and just call it that, right? Being like, hey, I don't know anything. Like I'm ready to learn and I'm ready to try different things and just like see, you know, like be, smart and figure out what what seems to work and and just like be honest with 
who I am, what I get to do, and just like do it, right? Like I'm just, I kind of started this podcast kind of in slight hissy fit. I already started tearing up this morning because I had gone through one of those experiences where I'm just trying to do my best. And then I have a little immature little spirit person just like totally like ripping me apart. And I'm just like, you know, I, lately I've just been trying to be way more upfront because before I would just tizzy out and be like, whatever, like uh, there's no way anyone's going to survive this experience if I just move forward with this. But it's been really interesting to hone into my powers of articulation and be like, okay, this is how I'm feeling and say it out loud. Be like, yeah, I feel totally assaulted right now. I feel like I am being torn apart by your face and by your words and everything. And I am still processing that. Like, I can't have any more conversations with you because I feel like trust has been lost to the point where I don't feel like any conversation with you is safe. And so that's where I'm at right now. And so all I'm doing is trying to be some kind of a nice person um, by making sure that, like, I move on and clear my head so I can not be, like, directing that anger and hate kind of an energy and like discomfort of being spoken to that way towards someone else any further and I can just be this person that's like okay I need some space so I can clear my head and I can just like do something productive amongst this time where I'm just like healing because like you know there's times in my days where I can be shielded there's times where it's just like duck and like I'm a duck in the water and the water just rolls off, right? That's like pure forgiveness. My goodness, I am amazed at people that have mastered this art of forgiveness. I'm not there yet, but at the same time, it's like I'm willing to keep trying, right? And so it's like here I am just trying to get into this mode of being like, hey, I'm a little bit frustrated and I'm a little bit in the state where I'm like, I don't know how to forgive. Like, um, I can try to by making sure I can, like, not make the situation worse um, and, like, hope that I'll be able to borrow some level of genuine forgiveness from my heavenly parents, my heavenly cheering squad, and just, like, get into that mode of being like, yeah, this is, this is where it's at. And I don't know how to do that genuinely yet. And I want to try, right? Like, I'm, I'm willing and open to see how that is possible in any shape or form, right? And so that's where I'm at with that. And so that's why I'm giving myself some space until I'm ready for that. Because, like, the last time this happened was, like, I don't know, a couple days ago. And, or maybe the day before, right? Like, today and then, yeah, there was a big thing on Thursday and it was at the park, right? And it was just like another big kerfuffle thing and like screaming at me thing and, you know, like, and, and we had a cool off period where it's like we just need our space so that we can like regroup ourselves. And like, I guess there's a part of me that, that still gets caught up with it, right? Cause like I try to be the mature adult, right? And then there's that other part of me that's just like, I thought I got rid of this, right? I remember there was a phase in my life where I just experienced like assault. It felt like every day for a long time. And I really didn't know how I was gonna live the rest of my life having that as this constant burden of, I don't know when's the next time I'm gonna get beat up or what's the next time I'm gonna get assaulted verbally or whatever. And, and I just lived anyways and I was like, whatever, I'm gonna grow up 
and I'm not gonna do that to other people, right? And that's how I'm gonna like make this a full circle experience of maybe my life was worth living so that I don't pass that on to other people, right? And then when it shows up to me anyways, it's just like, it's always just that like side hip checking kind of experience where it's like, I thought I was able to eradicate this from my life, but yet, like, you know, maybe I need to have some more prayers to attract more of this energy of hope and faith that, like, Heavenly Father, please surround me with people. Like, like it says in my patriarchal blessing that, like, I will be surrounded by loyal friends, right? And I realize that. It's true. I do have people in my life that are loyal friends. And yet, I have to realize and give the grace that they are also imperfect loyal friends all the same, right? We all are. We are not the savior, none of us are. So we, yes, we may try to be loyal and we will, and other times we will fall. And we need to somehow give each other that grace of like, yes, you're, you have permission to fall, you have permission to make mistakes, and yes, your choices still affect others and you still get the consequence of a pretty miserable life, you know, in the interim while you've made this mistake because you'll feel miserable about how miserable you made someone else feel, right? Like that's just a part of having this light of Christ in us where we are receptive to the truth of what's going on around us. And, and it's just like you can't deny when you've broken someone, right? Like you just can't deny it. It, it eggs at your soul until you've somehow made it better, right? And I, I just feel like a little bit miserable when I'm like the victim person of something like that. Um, but then there's that other part of me that's like, well, whatever, right? Like I kinda, there was a, a certain season in my life where I kinda felt like I was sent people it, to be a part of my life because it was like as if I told myself the story anyways to help me cope. It was like, for me, my story was like, Heavenly Father knew that I have a heart that's willing to love people no matter what, and I have a determination to love people. So he sends me all of the most people that are just really ill, right? Like ill in their spirits, ill in their mind. So he sends them to me so that I will be the one that is their go-to person so that they can live the rest of their life and fulfill their life missions, right? Because if we're not surrounded around people that are supportive of us and accepting and loving of us no matter what, it turns into this situation where we will cut ourselves off sooner than, than the point then we're going to get to our life mission. You know, suicide is a thing, right? Like, that's what happens to people, right? Like, and so it's like, it's like Heavenly Father sends me people before they're about to commit suicide. Um, and so that I can be this helping person so that they don't, right? It's almost like that, that is my thing. It's not my life mission, but it seems to be one of my side missions, kind of, right? Anyways, and so it's like, okay, um, <laughs> what, I don't know what to do with that, but I'm just like, whatever. I'm just doing whatever I'm doing. And I'm just like trying to find gratitude of that honor and privilege of that responsibility as often as I can. Cause it's a, it's a heavy weight and burden, but I know that if it's, if it's getting too heavy or whatever, it's because I'm doing it wrong. You know, I haven't, I've been running faster than I have speed instead of giving those burdens to the Lord. Because really it's like, I'm this like 
I'm just like this serving person where I go into a situation and I help people, but I need to take whatever burdens they gave me. And the next thing I need to do is give it to the Lord so he can put it in his storage place of, of his spiritual storage place of burdens and love and, and all of that kind of stuff. Right. And that's where it needs to go. Like it doesn't need to be lodged and stored in my body or whatever. After that experience of bearing another person's burdens, it needs to be stored in his hands. Right. That's what his hands were made for. And so it's like, I just need to get into a place in my heart, in my mind, to remember those things. 